Hello and welcome to the world's favourite paint-along nonsense in the background wargaming podcast. Well, that's what we're calling it anyway, with over 300 listeners for the last episode. Astonishing, really. And um, thanks also to everybody on Twitter who's been giving us some good feedback and some love in the last couple of weeks. Hopefully we don't disappoint you too much this week um, as lockdown starts to sort of ease in the UK and we have less time painting and a bit more time going out and actually playing games. So you'll be able to all hear about the real world as well as all the usual bunch of nonsense from the usual bunch of seven nonsense-speaking people. So sit back, pin back your ears and look forward to this week's madaxman.com podcast. This means war. Well, welcome to our 43rd lockdown podcast and our 80th podcast on this podcast channel, which which is kind of getting enough that we ought to start calling this a second season or something, didn't we, really? Um, otherwise, it, you know, once it gets close to 100, that's just nonsense. But but unsurprisingly, I am yet again joined by um, the, the gang of seven, all in their little windows. Um, I, I think, Mr. Saunders, you're, you're waving from an employed window, which is fantastic news yeah, as that's well. Strange, isn't that's it? good. You look a lot more professional already. Um, but but we'll see. We'll see, see if the audio audio is picked up. And we've got a packed program tonight. But without um, without further ado, I think the meat of the subject, I mean, the subject issue is always, as always, about painting, basing. What have you been up to this week? And um, I think let's start with in in the kitchen bunker, Mr. Finkel. What's your what's your last fortnight been on the world of painting? Um, very little, actually. Um, I finished off the Paris and the Hannah Mags. I think I just need basing. I've done most of the painting. And then most of my hobby time has actually been planning army lists or actually playing games, which is which is nice to report. That's pretty old school, isn't it? My God, you're not well, yeah, but it was nice. Away. I actually I actually got to use some figures I'd painted up during lockdown. So it's like the painting that we've all done, it was kind of phase one, and I was able to get onto phase two with at least one of my armies. Oh, brilliant. So so almost no painting at all in the last fortnight, just a little yeah, bit finishing yeah. off. Yeah, okay. very little. Yeah. All right. Well, Adam, what what about you on the, the South Coast? Have you managed to fit things in between? Because it's been has it been too wet for the cricket season to interrupt? It's been outrageously wet. It's been it's it's humid. The only reason why I'm here now today is because it was raining. Um it's just yeah, it's um cricket's not happening, which means that sort of like pointing has been a little bit, but again, it's like life's kind of happening as well. So my painting slowed down, but I'm carrying on with the Swiss. Um and when I did the Swiss, I know um, when I'm look, they're sort of coming together and I've looked at pipe box. And I, even when I was doing it, I was no, I was doing too much armour. Because the Swiss are really a bunch of peasants that sort of like gave a kicking to the nobles with sort of big choppers and uh, pokey things. And some of them looted armour and stuff. But as I've gone for that sort of like real solid look armour. Um, just make them look tough and yeah. Swiss pipe blocky um, with the armour, which... Um, it's good. Do, do and I you think feel conflicted like, about that? You know, veering away from the historical. Well, probably um, not. No, why did I even ask? Yeah, but um, but it's like we do to soldiers, and everything we do, sort of like cartoony. It's not a Hollywood yeah. version of history because we do something better than that. Well, because they've not made but, a film about Swiss pipemen yet. That's why. Well, I bloody well should do. Mm. But I mean, the other good thing about doing more metal than I probably should is, as I say, I was painting. I'm painted in cantonal colours, like two point blocks, one's 
one from each different canton. Again, probably unrealistic, to be honest. So we're probably all wearing brown and covered in shit. But um, one thing I discovered about painting black undercoated figures, which I haven't done for a while, because as you all know, I've been painting, sort of like doing, I'm painting slop over whatever colour, is one of the pipe blocks I'm doing um, as burn, because the flag's really cool, because it's got a bear on. Um, Which means the cantonal colours are red and yellow, and painting red and yellow over black. Oh, it's oh, hard, isn't it? in your ass. Oh, hard work, isn't it? Yeah, it is true. Get, getting a brightness to it, definitely. Well, it's it's I was just the yellow. I didn't want the yellow bright bright because let's face it, mm. no one in medieval times had sort of bright bright. Yeah, but just under- getting something, under- just getting something that didn't have blacks showing. Through. Yeah. <laughs> I what what I'm going to suggest: undercoat the areas you're going to paint red and yellow with with a brown. Well, I what I did was um, for the red. Um, Games Workshop sell what they call foundation paint, which is just like a really thick pigment paint. So I thought I'd give that a go. So I did the undercoat, the first layer on that, um, which was, wasn't was ideal, but it was all right. It gave not bad coverage. And then I did a slightly brighter red over the top, yeah. um, which was good. And for the yellow, so one thing I, I started doing years ago, so if I've got paint yellow and black, is I always do um, the first baked coat in um, sand, Dunkel Gelb. So yeah. I do like, like me a bit, a good bit of Dunkle Gelb, and I sort of like go darker and I try and build the yellow up from there. And again, it's nothing is ideal with painting yellow on black, but that gives sort of like some sort of base. And then I had to do a couple of coats on top. So it's all taken me a lot longer than my sort of technique for Dacians and um, the Romans because it's like black undercoat, putting on three layers, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the other annoying thing is... I'm doing 24 figures and only getting two bases out of it, which is a bit of a pain in the ass. I mean, there'll be two good-looking bases, so that'd be good, but it's like, oh, it's a lot of painting, just get two bases out of it, mm. but ho-hum. And they're slowly coming together, and I'll probably get them done in the next week or two. Okay, that's a challenge then. Good. No, I, I must admit, I've, when you're talking about the Dacians, that's been one of my painting projects in the last last fortnight. So I've got one base of these, um, I can't believe they're not Thracians, which are the Victrix <coughs> Peltast geezers mm-hmm. with the Dacian cloaks and Dacian heads and mm. the Victrix Peltasty shields. So there's a bit of LBMS kind of, you know, 20 quid's worth of shield transfers on that unit of six. But but maybe I've just gone too big on the cloaks because with all six of them on cloaks, it looks like sort of that Batman scene from um, Only Fools and Horses where they come out <laughs> of the clouds, and they, they barely kind of fit on. But um, You haven't got the Reliant kind of... Robin on the base, though, have you? Well, possibly. No. That, that may be the other base. Maybe that's really, a bit of You sort of texted me and said, oh, how did you get them all on the base? And I said, oh, yeah. I didn't find it too hard. I think that's it. I, I just gave them the odd cloak. So the odd one had a cloak, so it's like they'll fit. Because yeah. those cloaks are very flowing. and They are absolutely flowing. They're, they're just like whoosh. Out the back, you can almost hear the music as they run along, and um, and I've I've used some of the extra hands and things. And um, one thing I've done because for some reason it didn't kind of work, I've realised that at, even at this scale, even at twenty eights, you can stick some of the hands on backwards, so they're kind of like holding their spears kind of with their wrists the wrong way around, um, and the the, the fat the phallic stuff. She can't bloody see really, and there's some people with very very. There's a guy at the back with like a really odd um, arm thing going on. There, that that one with the Smurf hat. This one, 
there's something very strange about the way he's holding his Wumpia there. That I think you can even see it in this. <laughs> yeah, this, if the ball hit his hand, he'd definitely be a penalty. Like, whatever. But maybe it's just tricky. Maybe he almost dropped it or something like that and had to, to catch it in midair. So that that's been that's been a bit one of the things. And then um I've finally bitten the bullet and gone to start doing these crappy um Egyptian, well, not crappy, great figures, these Egyptian spearmen from um Zeiston, so that I can field a a huge army of mediocre spearmen um, at some point, possibly, possibly even get them done in time for that competition that you're running. If, if they're allowed in there, um, I, I can't remember. Just to, just to allow myself to get beaten, and then, then I painted. Well, I, up. I think that's like that. Sorry. What army are you doing with the mediocre spear? I think there's um one of the Egyptian. Chiron is sub one of the, well, you know, Saitic, it's not really Egyptian, Saitic, maybe Saitic Egyptian, but gets yeah. that and some Greeks. Um, and then I kind of banged together a couple of the old Essex side chariot um, that I'd had undercoated for about 20 years and uh, posted that, uh, posted them up. And um, it was kind of thinking, why have I got four of these sat in a drawer, undercoated and never used? And, um, and someone on Facebook pointed out, it's because the DBM list for, um, I think, I can't remember which army, that many Persians, allowed naught to four of them. Mm. So I must have bought naught to four and then thought, oh, can't be asked or, or whatever. So so the two that have still got surviving sides on them, they've, they've got done this week. And then there's been um, a bit of nonsense with painting up the um, artillery wagon type things in 15 mil. And sticking some some guns into the, the side of it, but I've still got to do the crew to go in it and, and work out how to do the horses. But but the crew, so the guns are quite substantial and um, quite Napoleonic, possibly, because I, I appear to have quite a lot of Napoleonic guns excess kicking around for some reason. Um, and um, so, but you can't really see once you've kind of chopped the stuff off, and they're all in there, and and hopefully nobody will notice. So it's been been pretty eclectic as well as finishing off and, and getting varnished. But I had a, a varnish moment today um, because Tester's dull coat is by all accounts actually gone for real this time. And I've been looking around to see what the alternative is. And, and it sounds like the alternative is Windsor and Newton professional, um, professional Matt. And I posted it onto Twitter because I went out and bought some at the local art shop. They got some in. And I've posted up and said, look, this is me finally admitting that I can no longer manage to source um, Tester's dull coat, and I'm moving to this. And I think it's been the most commented thing I've ever posted on Twitter. Like, Wargaming Twitter's gone, yeah, I'm all in on that. Yeah, it's great. I've been using it for 10 years. It's brilliant. You can use it outside. It's, it's like, how, how were there all these people out there using something when every time I used to post or see anything about... Um, about, I told um, you about it. You didn't well, believe it. Possibly, yeah, but maybe <laughs> I just ignored it. But but it yeah, used, well, the answer to all like questions it. used to be Tester's dull coat. But then suddenly there's this whole secret cadre of people who who believe in another varnish and have been kind of keeping it secret. So so I'm waiting for the weather to clear a bit like you, Adam, and um find something to varnish and then find that it actually works because everybody says it does. But um but it's a big old can. A bit pricey, fifteen quid, which is kind of yeah, a bit pricey. But it's, war game is budget. Yeah, war game is budget. It's got to be. Um, it's got to work. So, 
So there's been a bit of buying stuff um, and actually buying from a real shop, not buying online, um, which has been been fun. The online, um, the online shopping expert is in two weeks. I've got to ask Tamsin what what has come through the post or what has made it onto your painting table. Have you have you bought an extra in you know, a battalion of, of US jungle rangers or something like that? No, I haven't. I have made purchases, but it's all been MDF bases. So, what you mean you didn't get the Japanese paratroopers to go with your US ones? No, I haven't. I, so I think last time I said I was, I'd either just started on working on sort of load of hills or was about to start. And that's what I've been doing. <coughs> so finished off sort of the wasteland, desert, deserty wasteland hills. Uh, that took a bit of doing. I think some initial dry brushing, I went too far and they ended up bleached. So I had to go back and sort of re-dry brush with the orangey, orangey shade, get them to look, I fit in with the rocks, rock formations I did last year. I think you might remember those. Rock formations are really good. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that, you know, that's like we're on Mars, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, and there's green ones. Star Trek. It looks yep. a bit like that beyond Galaxy 41. I'm glad to be back from there. And also did sort of the, the other hills I did, I've decided to make them for jungle hills. I haven't added the jungle vegetation yet, but have you have you put kind of short flock onto? Oh, you have put short flock onto that. We can see yeah. that now. I well, it's yeah. two informal mix. Of oh, there's a blend. There's a special hill blend. Static grass that's gone up. Yeah, static oh. grass. I think these will be areas, sort of more open areas, but I'll still have some vegetation on. But I haven't got around to it. Haven't quite got there yet. This is your famous blue foam, then. No, the blue foam's underneath. Okay. Rock bits that you see, they're the ones that I did with that I keramic stone. Okay, so, so the rocky outcrops on your blue foam hills are not rocks. They're, they've been made in keramic stone as well. Yeah. Wow, well, they, look, they look remarkably like stones. So I suppose that's a bit of a result, isn't it? Yeah. That could be a good one. It's where I think that's the sort of leafy stuff. There, mm -hmm. it, you can see that's mixed herbs. It actually is mixed herbs. Yeah. For real. Yes. Good. That's finally, that's like not a specialist Wargamers product. You are not picking stones out of a garden, but you are using mixed herbs. Can you yes, still I smell am. them? Or um. Yeah, they smell very nice. Oh, <laughs> the fragrant hills of Mars. Yeah. I... I've smell I've aroma will fade over time. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what I say about many um of my fellow war gamers. But um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also sort of uh I'd I'd give it 10 minutes of IRU. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a bit of that one as well. Yes. Yes, otherwise um yeah, you're sprinkling the mixed herbs there indeed. Okay. So it's been a week of terrain. Nothing nothing tempted you on the figure front this this couple of weeks? Not really. I'm thinking about thinking about things. I sort of what I need, what I need, what I might want to add. So no. I'm uh, looking at looking through the 
my version four. Ah, uh, you've been in version four. Or the army list. Yeah. Realized. Yeah. I, there's been a change on the Yi Korean. Hmm. And because you now got an I option, it's either mediocre pike or heavy spearmen. Hmm. And I've had the mics before. It was just mediocre pike, which I'd done. So I might hmm. need to get some more Koreans from time cast. Oh, yes, yeah, the old glory ones. Yeah. To do some heavy spear bases. Okay, yes, because they do do those. Cool. All right. Sounds and a bit no. like the Scots, doesn't it, really? Um, yeah. You've got a choice between the two things. Okay. Which Korean list is that? Ye Korean. Why are, uh, Peter, are you are you, are you looking at the list now? Is this because yeah, yeah, yeah. two two For weeks sure. ago you were you were threatening to have a whole day off just to work out what you needed to buy or something like that? I, I did, I did. I had great fun with it. I was also looking. That's why I was asking because I was reading about the Three Kingdoms Korean, and I was expecting you to say the Red Banner guys. That's why I was like going, which list? I was like Red Banner. They've got pikes. Red Banner. Right. I like Red Banner. Mm. I've been watching the film. There's a film. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I carry on. So, don't, don't know if you can see it very that clearly. Been working on asparagus. You make you make an asparagus. No, I, no? I, is that like a Welsh leek grass? Kunai grass, long, very long grass that you get in the Pacific. Oh, that's the elephant oh, grass, yeah, isn't yeah. it? It's long enough to hide an elephant. Yeah. So it'll be tall. So it's because it can grow up to ten foot tall. Uh, so but you don't need to buy any figures that's brilliant <laughs> it'll be like doing submarine warfare won't tough. it yeah, so that, I'm I'm hiding in be, the grass yeah so that's the terrain I that's trying to it was trying to work out so, so made lots of little bunches of, sort of mm. bristle, bristles and it was working out been working out the best way to get them onto bases and have you worked out the best way? Are you drilling holes in I it or anything? I have, like yes. Okay. Well, yeah, it's using, using sort of the sort of the brown acrylic frame frame sealant. Ah. Blob onto the blob into yeah. the centre of the base and stick them in, and they seem to be holding fairly fairly solid. So yeah. Good. Well, I can probably now recommend a matte varnish that you can use to kind of tone down the frame sealant, I guess, as well. Yeah. That, that may be my my expert thing. Okay. This means war. Well, look, uh, Peter, we, I think we, we almost um, did it. Did you, have you painted any nonsense in the last couple of weeks or has it just been just working out where you're going to throw your money? A um, bit of both, actually. I actually got a bit of painting of Arabs and um, following a real-life game experience with Dave, I've been sorting out my Sassanids because I was like, all of a sudden they're very viable and uh, doing various things like that and going, ah, Koreans, who can I play with cataphracts? But I'll come back to that once we talk about games and uh, why, where I'm finding my new elephant. Uh, but basically, I, you know, I did a bit of painting in the Arabs. Um, it's just fun using those contrast paints. I'm sorry, but I've just been in sort of mellow yeah. moments, uh, chilling out, doing nice flowing robes. And it's just a chill out thing to paint. No stress. What daft ass color can I find next? Um, doing that and then doing the research on some of the lists and going, ooh, that'd be fun. 
those would be nice. And no, I don't fancy doing that because it's a lot of hard work. Um, I saw, um, yeah, work so I saw someone um, someone asked a question on the the club group this week about what are the best elephants for Arabs, and you were like within seconds. We're going here's three different options. So was that something <laughs> you've been looking at? Possibly was that a bit of a giveaway? Um, no need to look at it if yeah. I just open the cupboard. Oh right, oh okay, it's already <laughs> they're in there. already there. <laughs> yeah, in both fifteen and twenty eight mil. You know, you've got so, oh, you've got twenty eights. Wow. Well, I've got 28s uh, with the elephants because uh, they went over quite nicely. My uh, son stomped away with them and did quite well with them. But um, no, I, I've also got um, some um, uh, Romans with carts with uh, some little bolt throwers on as well. <laughs> I um, bet half the ADLG world has been getting those out. Um, you, you've got to, just for a bit yeah. of fun. Plus, uh, it was just little bits of things. So added into different things. So I've just been... As the lists have changed subtly, not massively, but given a couple of nice little variations on that. So um, I've been adding to different things, but I've just been searching through about what's going to be my next list to do while I'm waiting for the Assyrians. Dave's been chasing up for me on them. Um, but what else? What else? I think I'm going to do an Eastern Army because I haven't really done one apart from the Chinese and the Indians. So it's like, which one do I want to do? And it's trying to pick one out. So that's why I was, my ears were pricking up when Tamsin was saying Kore Koreans, because they've got um, some nice cataphracts. And um, I've just got to have a look at what I'm going to throw money at next. Peter, why wouldn't you do Burmese? Um, because I can almost do Burmese from what I've got already with the elephants and everything else. Burmese um, elephants are different to other people's elephants, aren't they? Fundamentally, uh, they're covered in little geezers. Well, yeah, but they come with different beers, you know. It's just, it's just for the new meta. I mean, I've done the elephant thing to death. I, I want to try the a slightly meta. different meta. Yep. And, and so that's the point. You wanted to do an Eastern Army because you haven't really got one apart from the Chinese and the Indians. So <laughs> I want yeah. to do a classical army because I haven't really got one apart from the Greeks and the Romans. Exactly. You know. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. I've only covered the basics. There's so much yeah. more to aim at. Yeah. Well, apart from Mongols as well, but it wouldn't really cast them as Eastern. You know, they just went and took over the Chinese and then you can flex into a bunch of other things. But I haven't really spread into some of the uh, sort of weird and wonderful ones. So um, it's trying something a, a bit of an esoteric. So I don't think I'm going to go Tibetan, but, you know, I'm, I'm looking around at a couple of things. Um, I, just I've to come up with a fantastic Tibetan army list. I'll, I'll tell you about that later. Yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to that. I was looking also yeah. at the samurai as well because they're, they're fantastically colourful and it, I was really put off painting them until Dave told me you, you either go black or red. So I'm like, yeah. going, man, it's my new gold. You know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> I, I can win done. with this. New gold, you know, uh, red, few highlights, sweet. It's looking good. Plus they have all face masks. So you're not, I mean, don't you have to paint the face, do you? Yeah. So, you know, Look, that works definitely. That definitely works. Cool. Okay. So, um, so that's been your your summary of painting. So let's move around the um, let's move around the thing. So, Dave, oh, with I've your... been uh, using oh, Windsor and Newton as well. You've been using Windsor and Newton matte varnish to yeah. tone down the gold. <clears throat> no, no, no. To to make it bling. Make it bling. All right. You. I did actually find some cataphracts that use gold uh, a lot. So that's in my sassanets. Okay. All right. Well, Mr. Saunders, with your new professional haircut and your new professional ethos, it, it just looks um, 
it just looks so slick. I, I, I feel that we should do a PowerPoint presentation here. Have you have you managed to fit any any painting in, or has it just been work and gaming for you? Um, there's been no painting at all. None right, at all. we'll move up. <laughs> Is there <laughs> any you wish you'd done, or any you've dreamt about, imagined no, you'd I done? I mean, I could bore you all with the Franks again, but no, right. they're still <laughs> sitting on the table. I, I did do two light bases of light horse, but that was before, that was last podcast, I think. That was before the last, last one. Last week I was in preparation for starting work, so I just did nothing but drink and uh, go to right. restaurants in preparation. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's. I, I guess, what, are you a restaurant critic? Is that your new job? Oh, uh, yes, definitely, definitely. Yes, that would be good. <laughs> right. Sorry, Dave, I'm starting to think that your Franks are something like war game painting-based philosophical concept i mean if if a frank doesn't get painted on a war games work table and there's no one there to see it do they really count as based or something it's just like it's just going on forever i 100 percent agree i would ask one question though are, are the why i korean are they geordie dynasty <laughs> <laughs> do they have a new castle as a base <laughs> <laughs> that was dave that was a real accent accent mashup that didn't really work on any level at all um oh, but right. end up fighting the taffia wouldn't they the scouting indeed me. the taffia i so thought was, was a fairly convincing korean accent myself yes <laughs> yeah have you seen that film um what's that with parasite that's um very jolly and there, there's a bit of um there's a bit of sword and ship war games action at the end of that as well but in in terms of um comedy accents i think that means we in inevitably must finally wrap up and um and come to mr simon good day how are you sir good day mate how's it going it's all cracking. It's all cracking. So I've achieved, I've managed to achieve a grand total of four bases of medieval knights. So um, I've got two dismounted uh, badges. So the uh, the Leeds knight is in full gold armor, just in, in honor of Peter. So um, nice, like so style. Because you know what it's like. You're looking through your boxes of random miniatures, and you find that you've got a box of Perry's um, medieval knights that's been on. Um, uh, unpainted. That's like, oh, well, let's get them out. Uh, you think of what else do you need in the army? So I painted two of the, the knights gold to make them really obvious as being the elite knights. So you can look, look at them and go, the guy in the gold, that's Peter. He's reasonably elite, so he'll yeah. die first. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I've got the, um, the four, uh, four base of foot knights um, looking rather proper. And I've done one of them on a 60 mil square base, one or two of them. So you've got about eight or nine knights all on one, uh, one base. So when you look at it, you can think, yeah, that's definitely heavy infantry. So um, uh, looking forward to getting them on the table and rampaging around. Cool, all right. So, so did, you, did you have to actually make those or were they pre-made and you not started painting them or? They were um, partially made. Mm. Um, those Perry ones almost come partially made, don't they? They kind of you start making them and then they lurk for a long time and then yeah. they just get finished off yeah so it was because i started looking through like all of us looking through the version four army lists and say so you get motivated again i could probably do a few more foot knights because you know you can never have enough of those then i need some medium spearmen so you rummage through the box and you find that you've got four bases worth of medium spearmen lurking around that were completely disassembled to so, say um, during our beautiful weather the last few weeks, they've oh, been yes. um, based up and um, haven't got as far as anything more than base coating. But um, it's always good to have more nights, I think. But I need more nights. I think I've got you know a box full and a half of 28 mil plastic nights. 
Uh, well, you know, I think the um, the fact that we've kind of gone round and um, it's been chucking it down with rain for the last fortnight and we've not really been able to do much else, um, although we have, I suppose, eased lockdown, but nobody's managed to do much painting, probably does suggest that the old gaming piece has been been occupying quite a lot of time. So maybe that's that's our next plan to move on and talk about what gaming we've done this week. This means war. So version four ADLG has has rolled out and has bounced gently on the floor and and infected the internet and I think they've even started receiving it in in Australia and New Zealand now it's all been shipping around the world everybody's got it which is fantastic as it means Stephen Ladiani won't keep emailing me questions about a rule book he's not even got yet um, because that's been occupying more of my time than painting I think but um, I guess people have either been you know round the table round the screen we've been squeezing in a few games and and coming a bit of army list kind of working out and two weeks ago we just went through the list of changes theoretically speaking having having seen it for the first time but now i guess most or many or all or some of us have got at least a game or two under our belts of um, of version four to see to see how it's panning out and i think maybe mr saunders you were saying that you've you know, you were the one who had some some ums and ahs, and you've been throwing yourself at it. What's from the games you've played? Um, you know, don't don't take us through the Rimmer style dice by dice, please, God's sake. Um, but just you know, what's your kind of vibe? What's your feeling? What's your oh, I'm surprised by that on on actually having played some games rather than just done, you know, theory DLG. Well, I, th- I think the first thing to say is it's been so long that since any of us actually played any games, it was. It was a struggle just to remember how to play full stop, let alone version four or version three for that yeah. matter. <laughs> yeah. So you were sitting there, oh, what happens there? And oh, yeah, what do I do? There? How does that work? But no, I've I've played seven games. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Well, two against you. Hmm. I, I've only lost Oh sorry, I do remember that. Yeah. I, I I shouldn't sound quite surprised, but the other five, yeah. I've only lost one game, so I'm feeling very, very happy with version four. <laughs> It's just about the winning for you. That's all that counts. No, no not at all. Not at, all. No. I, at the risk of boring Adam, I will tell the story of how my integrated artillery beats um, Peter's light horse in combat. In combat? What? The, yeah. you, you let Peter's light horse get round the back of your legion then and no, attack your integrated? No, they, no, they, my no, they came straight up the middle because he left a great hole. So I, I left my assault integrated artillery behind to cover the hole in my line and they promptly beat some light horse. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. I had to do it. I had to do it. No. But no, so, I, but, I, yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, Off the rules, you know, because you were, you were umming and ahhing about, particularly about, I think, the light horse zocking things and then also about um, cataphracts and whether they would become, you know, a bit too pokey. How have, how have those two things played out for you? Um... The light, well, okay. I played Gordon's, the, the one game I've lost was Gordon's Picks, um, which was interesting. The Mighty Picks. That's his army for York. 30 bases of the damn thing. Wow. And he had one group of six light horse, including mediocre light horse. I had no idea there was any system with mediocre light horse. Yeah. Um, that army was interesting, very difficult for the Romans to deal with. 
Um, I, I, I don't see any problems at all. I haven't faced many cataphracts. I've used cataphracts, only two penny packet things. Um, but yeah, so far, so good. I mean, I played, last night, I played Gordon and used the Biblicals with the light chariot armour. Oh, and, right. How did that work? Because that's that really, and, and heavy chariots are now different as well, aren't they? Well, we didn't use heavy chariots. We were using, um, I was using New Kingdom Egyptian and Gordon was using, uh, not so wasn't he? He was using Kushite, yeah, yeah. So the thing we found in that, I, I was actually going to take an army which had a strategist and a brilliant general because the New Kingdom Egyptians mm. have a command of five. And I think we did realise that having the extra command and control, having the extra pips indeed, uh, especially if you roll sixes and Gordon rolls ones, yeah, uh, which was always helpful, that made a big difference. I think that's going to be one of the things that's going to be interesting. I think we'll see larger armies of weaker barbarian foot sort of things and smaller professional armies with more command and control. And that's going to be, that's going to be interesting. I think that's going to be good, yeah. So what, what, how did the chariots play out? You know, because light chariots were always targets for archery and, and a bit nonsense. Were they, did you use them differently now you had armoured chariots? Well, in actual fact, both Gordon and I seemed to line up our, our light chariots with armour in the centre of the table. And we had a sort of chariot-on-chariot face-off, which was <laughs> bowmen, you know, going in and shooting each other. There, there was a bit of evading... You know, just one evading. I, I was, you know, let, one, if one was damaged, I evaded with it, brought another one in to fill the gap, and we shot each other quite until Gordon realised he was going to have to charge in. But the armour worked. Um, I think it's kind of evened it up in a strange sort of way. I, I think the impact swordsman can face off against the chariots with armour now, but the chariot might survive. Okay. You know, because it's got the armor. It, it, I think it's. I think it's made. I, I always liked AGLG for biblicals. I think it works really well with the biblical area, and I think it's improved it. it really has. Okay. That's interesting. All right. Um, well, anyway, anyone else? Who else has played a game in the last couple of weeks? Um, Andy, what about you? You you always do you fit it in real games or, or carried on with yeah. your virtual? Well, a bit of both, really. Um, I um, since we go since we moved to, to version four, my first game was against Simon. And uh, I think he'll, he'll admit he was a bit rusty and uh, didn't go his way. But what we were using medieval, and I had a, I tried some of these new um, sword longbow units, and I thought they, they they work quite well because you could shoot the enemy like with longbows, and that's always a good thing anyway. And then you could actually get stuck in with a reasonable chance of hurting them. So as long as you didn't go near enemy knights or stuff like that, you could pretty well take on most types of infantry after you've shot them up so did you use more um more longbows than you would have done previously then in the army um i think i did because i took the view that i could use them as medium swords and with shooting capability they're kind of like janissaries with longbows really and um you know have a few longbow just to you know keep enemy horsey people um Hmm. you know un, um, under control no i, I, and it was, I was seen, using, I was using a, um, french so i had about four four shooty things i don't like having too many pure shooty things in an army because that's that's an accident waiting to happen i, I think. think i've seen a um a, a potential i think you know 100 years war or something list with with 10 longbows in it or 10 longbow swordsmen 
and that's quite a lot of firepower for, for anybody to be chucking out really against um, anything mounted you've suddenly got three blocks of twos and threes pinging away at you all the way across the table and a load of foot knights and stuff like that and i think that will make that list play a lot more like what it's supposed to with with a lot of those things i think also i don't think you have to have them all with stakes now do you so you've got a few more options to make them a little bit cheaper which is good yeah well you can take the the longbow sword you can just take pure longbow which are now i think eight eight, eight or nine points i can't remember which yeah um if you take them ordinary this, the choice no, after fourteen fifteen, I think, seems to be between ordinary sword longbow or elite pure longbow. Yeah, um, no, that's a, like yeah, all or nothing or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but so 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 that was um, so I, I thought Simon's free company, and it's now a free platoon after the losses losses yeah. it suffered. <laughs> um, and then I'd played Dave online, and we were doing Dacians against Romans, and uh, nothing. Adam, no, no, Adam, no, listen out, listen up. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Dacians had eight, 28 guys in their army, and that, that was a bit of a nasty thing to face. But, uh, you know, we, we just about beat them. Uh, nothing special to report from there, apart from it was a fun game. Um, I played an interesting game against Sean last night, and a couple of interesting learnings came up. One was he was using triumvirate Romans with an Armenian ally with four cataphracts. And he, he put them in on one wing against my... Um, against an infantry corps which had some allied Romans and then I managed to get a load of cavalry round and but you really had to mass up the numbers but once you hit them in the flank they 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 really collapse so this flank attack business of um what do they call it melee support makes a hell of a difference the other thing which, which I noticed was terrain seems to make a hell of a difference um you're going to get a lot more terrain now in games and I think you're going to need more medium infantry to be able to operate in it and Traditionally, I'd have taken one medium foot command to dominate a piece of terrain. But I think now you're going to need possibly to think about dealing with two bits of terrain with medium or light foot on the battlefield. So therefore, I think you're going to have fewer heavy knights and medium knights and more a more balanced army, which I think is probably good. So how how do you see mounted armies as dealing with that then? Because you get some armies that are kind of like mounted. Is that... Is that going to be a real problem for them? I suppose a question of the initiative. I mean, mounted armies are good. And also, I mean, you know, if you're fighting the Mongols, it's almost certainly going to be out of the steps. You're not going to have that many bits of terrain anyway. And you probably have a, a, a brilliant or a, you know, if you're in the Mongols, you take two bits of terrain, one of which is a, a road, and you take the smallest field you can. And then you just try and shift the other bits out to the corners. But if you want to um, fight in plain and want to try and clog the table up, you've got a reasonable chance of, of, of doing that a bit better now because fewer bits of terrain are going to be um, cancelled because of uh, where they're put. You know, the two things are, number one, if you've got three bits of terrain and more in one half of the board than the other, the next pit's going to go in the more open area. And secondly, you get one chance to re-roll a piece which would otherwise be removed because there's no room for it. So I think both of those things together mean there's inherently going to be more terrain in most battles and that's going to make terrain troops more more relevant yeah i think um in the game dave me and you played a couple of weeks ago we missed both of those rules didn't we <laughs> i think that cost probably two bits of terrain yeah somewhere in in decent parts of the table which made it a lot challenging but but i played a game against um richard after that and um 
it did really help push terrain into the middle of the table, um, which was great from the, the Thracian army I was using at the time. So there was just a lot more stuff where, where the rough terrain troops could operate and, and that pushed their heavy infantry um, quite, quite into one particular part of the table, which, which just made it, yeah, a very, very different game or a much more viable game for the, um, the medium swordsman types. Yeah, I was so, using Thracians last night. I had 24 units in my army. Uh, wow. That, and that went, went quite well. Yeah. Mm. There's a lot more terrain in the steppe, isn't there? There's, three, yeah. there's now three brush. There's a river in the steppe. Yeah, but played the game in the step terrain yet, the or number um... of stuff you can put on the hills, though. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You can only have one brush. You can only have one gentle hill with brush on it. Okay. But that's... Has anyone played a game in step so far? Not yet, no. Loads to do. Okay. Yes, loads to do. Loads of things to try. Um... This means war. Adam, have you managed to fit in any games on the in the south coast in Entoyment? I've got my first coming tomorrow, which is something to look forward to. My Dacians are getting their first run out. Which Brilliant. Because I had to decide what to do with the extra 14 points given to me by Medium Swordsman getting cheaper. Yeah. So I, I might do something, try and clever and bump it up. Or then I thought, oh, one piece of heavy artillery for a laugh. And just, yeah. sure, takes it up by two, plus you get a piece of heavy artillery, which is... Yeah. Got to well, be quite kind of chuck funny. Down, chuck down as much terrain as you can. That's my tip. Oh yeah, no, that's good. It's, it's forests or mountains. Because funnily enough, I'm going to have quite a high initiative as well. Because taking two light horse, going to have a strategist. Uh, yeah. I think three or four sort of like general points. So it's um, I'm going to have an initiative about three. So I might get um, get it in badness, or if he attacks me, it's got to be in forests or woods. Which the only other thing I would say about ADLG version four is. In the past week or two, I've actually read the rules. Because you wow. actually be asked to read them all the way wow. through. I just read what people are saying on Facebook, and that lets me know of any changes. And I've got to say, it's um, I like how they're written. They're sort of like, for rules that aren't written in English, they're kind of easy to read in English and easy to follow with lots of diagrams. So, um, yeah, a, a, a big thank you the rules type people and translated type people for that because they were kind of really easy to read which I can't say about every set of war games. Yeah, I think Hervé's got a really you know maybe it's a French thing but he's got a really interesting style of writing rules which is I, just trying to sort of put my finger on it but it's a lot of it is just going here is a list of things that are possible and then here's the list of exceptions Yeah, um, and it's just like two lists whereas I think some other rules get wrapped up in trying to encapsulate that all into sentences or in one thing, but just going, you can do this, 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 and this, but you can't do this, 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 and this. Well, That's it's it. not just that. The, the guy doesn't work in isolation. He has his core people for checking out the rules before he even goes to the translation. And they've got, uh, you know, we've played against most of them. They've got sensible head on their shoulders to push back on certain things so it's acts as a moderator so you're not got one person just acting in just pure isolation and then comes out and shocks the audience um and they were very good with giving the feedback we were chatting with some of them and it's, it's you can see that common sense coming through it 
Yeah, I think they've all played well. But then again, I suppose at the end of the day, it's it's an evolution of DBM. So they've all been playing for about 30 years. Um, so they've learned something from it in, in that way. Um, but Peter, what, what about you? What, what games have you managed to fit in? Have you beaten up your kids? Have you been down the club yet? Uh, I managed to get down the club and had uh, a game with Dave. Um, you know, um, just uh, one point off breaking him. Uh, having a bit of fun with uh, Parthens with a bit of cataphracts and uh, but it's just more more the point what I'm enjoying is can I get some cataphracts on the table and go in and stomp things I wasn't that keen on them before it's a good laugh going at them um, and quite frankly I'm painting some up um, I know Andy was saying about getting around them it's just for me um, the, the meta's changed there's not as many of the you know, the heavy bow elite impact anymore. There's only a couple of armies have got that. So the armies are now restricted in more that either you got bow, bow horse or your impact horse. So the cataphracts now having that ability to be up against the impact horse is great from my perspective. The whole armor thing and going in at the infantry is great. Although I didn't have that great an experience of it. It's just, I can see it working. Um, it's just the the other bit about having the uh, the pips to actually do more now that makes it really interesting. So either you, you know you have the large barbarian type army and you know coming up to thirty units and just swamp them and overwhelm their choices and everything else, or you start getting clever with it. So I actually quite like the tweaks that I've seen, um, mm -hmm. but you know to have that shock value, have that punch value, I, I'm getting some some nice gold. <sighs> Um, cataphracts painted up <laughs> to go stomping through with my sassanads. You know, you got to do these things. You know, Your sassanads is that? Yeah, that something sassanads. funny about you've been riding they're, a horse they're, too they're, long. They're is that what you get? Yeah, right. yeah I don't want to know about the hard right. sassanad. That's yeah, really, the, um, they're, they're like the, the left one or the right Persians. one. Yeah, you know, the, the, the Persians in the north. Yeah, um, so, yeah absolutely. So it's just good. Putting his nads on the table at the next competition. Yes, absolutely. Nuts. This is what they're turning up, and then we'll get flanked as Andy will swamp around the sides and everything else. But yeah, um, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Quite enjoyed the changes with the V4. I can see some um, nice little wrinkles that I'm going to have a go at. You know, the light infantry. I still want to find an army where I can uh, get my light infantry uh, flamethrowers in there because why not? Um, how, how was it? Going down the pub though, and actually playing for real, was that was right. that a bit weird, or was that just? Uh, it, it was. It was surreal. You know, all of a sudden you're you're back there. You know, Gordon's having a, a game with Dave, and they're chatting away, and other people chatting away, and it's just it's nice. It's that having that banter and looking at things slightly differently again. You know, it's great doing the online one. We had a laugh with that, but it's a big difference being back on the table having a glass of beer or, you know, nice glass of red wine. Wasn't bad, actually. Um, and then just having a banter, having a game, you know, it's just min missed that. Um, you know, and the, ah, I'm spotting this, I'm trying that. And, you know, hearing what other people are trying and looking at. You also need, they need a slightly different mindset to playing on the table than playing online. Because on playing online, you can look at the board overhead and you can see what's where and whether your units are being flanked or overlapped or whatever on the table you can get into position where you're um being flanked or overlapped because you've moved guys too far forward without realizing unless you're very careful so you need to mentally or you just stand up and move around yeah, yeah. but it, it's you could just be tall andy that could be the answer well it's a bit late for me to try that incidentally those things, those things, that was it as well 
Well, that's it. Those, those figures that you um, delivered around to me a few weeks ago, they're definitely Clive's because the first time my medium spear went into melee, they rolled a one and the opponents rolled a six. Oh, well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, they, they've still got the spirit of Clive down there. Okay. Yeah. But Simon, you were on the other end of one of those games, um, but you were, sounds like you were a little bit rusty anyway, having been ring for quite some time. Um, yeah. What was, your, what was your take on it? So the first game against Danny was a spectacular example of how not to play. Um, so I think we, we both can agree I played like a complete plonker and Andy well and truly deserved to thrash me senseless. So um, Well, I all I would say is your, your deployment was suboptimal. That's all I'd say. Yeah, that's an understatement and a half. So I was glad at the end to get a few points out of the game. But um, subsequent to that... Um, I actually went down to the club, uh, which was quite scary, having not been there since September, I think, and played Mr. Saunders, Saunders in real life. So that was quite nice, as Peter said, having a few points uh, just to um, keep Ravi going and have a, have a real game. So we tried... Um, medieval. Yeah, we were playing medieval games. So Dave brought his um, later medieval Spanish and I brought the, the Gunnian ordinance. Again, Tim using our design philosophy of what have I painted most recently, yep. <laughs> my army around that rather than anything scientific. Um, I painted up a bunch of the, the heavy spear longbow option guys. So that was okay. the army choice. And then I built everything around that. So um, it was a small army, only 18. Um, Dave's army was 23, but I lost at the end, but I was only two points off breaking Dave. So it was okay. a cracking game. We also tried some of the new mechanics of, um, one of the things we liked in, in version four is they've seemed to have mitigated a lot of the, the buttocks of death by light horse or little or cavalry sticking a corner around something that can evade. Now you've got to properly zock it to stop it getting around. Otherwise, if there's a one UD gap, you can slide around, slide it. around it. So we tried then a couple of examples just to sort of see what would happen and light horse tried to zock my light horse, you were able to get away from it. So that was quite neat. So I can definitely see the, um, the Mongol armies where you have a strategist and all that. And then now actually becomes a reason to have better generals rather than just going, I'll have three competents. Pips will become important for those armies. Okay. Um, we all got cracked in. And then uh, last night I had um, a, a game of Renaissance, try a couple of the, the newer rules. And we ha um, had a cracking game. We were playing a Dutch Rebellion versus Low Countries Spanish. So, you know, Spain and the, the Dutch were fought over Holland for quite a few years. And we got had a game of um, five tercios running around the table, quite effective. And we had our first flank march. So I managed to, my, the Dutch, get some caracol troops to flank march on the table. And the Spanish did not like it. So... A few turn, um, they arrived about turn three, turn four, they're in, uh, getting ready for melee, and it was nice actually to see a flank march slowly push the um, his flank off while the tercios did what they did best walk up, shot a couple of times, charged in, walked straight through my pocket shot, and started going for the baggage. Okay, so that's on quite nicely. It was, really, it was good to get five tercios on the table and actually get a result in, a, in two and a half hours. No, solid. Okay. And Tamsin, are you gearing up to get to the club at some point? And, um... Um, yeah, I am. But I yeah. thought I was allowed for tournaments 
tournament addicts right. <laughs> get their fix in the first couple practice. Of weeks. Yeah. Let them calm down a little bit. Yeah, has it? Have, I might take some time. Has it actually been full with all five tables um, each? Uh, Not quite. Okay. Didn't it didn't look full. There was some. I think it was about four tables last night. There were... On Thursday for us, when I was playing Dave, there was only four tables, so there was still quite a bit of space. Okay. I think most will be there for Monday, though, won't they? I think there's yeah. some that five have been booked for next week on one night, haven't they? So that's... Yeah, Monday Monday night. Yeah. Monday night, bank holiday. Okay, good. So, um, so it's all starting to um, starting to roll together, isn't it? And I think the competitions are starting to book up. Um, Adam, you've got how many for Bournemouth? Is it two dozen already or something? Yeah, um, and I'm about to check out to see whether we can get to any um, any more. So for people that um, are going and want to start, I'm going down to employment tomorrow to talk to people. So I'm going to start putting out information about list checkers and stuff soon because the end of July is coming surprisingly quickly. Surprisingly close, isn't it? And I think York, fingers crossed, is is all good to be on. And... Um a load of us will be going up to that's list deadline in the next few days um to to get something submitted which is a bit scary the um the competition in devon in november has got 30 people signed up for it wow. um in like two weeks 20 of them want to play 25 mil and and, and 10 obviously in 15s which is an amazing turnaround so um and i, I actually did a recce last week and saw the venue so provided the covid restrictions carry on getting lifted which you know god forbid they're not they're still in place by november but i think there's room for at least another you know comfortably even sort of covid spaced out another eight tables wow. in there um wow. so that could be like an enormous event we could be repopulating um the, the coastal towns in in the middle of winter which would be so, a bit kind of nuts are you so, trying yeah. to um devon to become the um end of year britcon try to get this massive competition going on down there yeah, well, you know, it, it, it might not be far off, particularly as some, some of the people who played down there, I can't remember if we knew this two weeks ago, one guy um, got in touch and said he's bought a and b not, not because of the competition, but he's bought a and b nearby there, which is kind of nuts. So there's a lot of people down in down in the West Country, um, you know, anywhere from Bristol down to Plymouth Way, are all keen and, and piling in, so that's all good news as well. So it's it's all seeming to, seeming to pull together on... Um, on the up-and-coming games and competition circuit. We've also got Rome and a bunch of others as well. I've just, uh, I was looking on the forum for a couple of minutes earlier and uh, it's kind of exploding. So a lot of pent-up demand. Actually, yeah, going to an event abroad would be a bit, I, that's a bit weird though, isn't it? I'm not sure, um, given that we're not allowed to go anywhere at all at the moment. Um, either you place are, there's a green list. There's a green list, but it's only got two countries on it. It's more like, can we be? Are we allowed in? We're we not allowed into Germany anymore. No, no. Yeah, I, I how think many the, events do you go to in Germany? Well, apparently the Germans are picking up ADLG. The yeah. sixth edition crowd in Germany have decided to move on mass really? to ADLG. Yeah, it's because oh, wow. um, Paul that I play with yeah. a lot. He goes to Germany a lot. He's an honorary German, and they've all stopped sixth. Sixth is yeah. now officially dead because the Germans aren't playing it anymore. Yeah, sixth what? ADLG, and they'll be doing ADLG okay. competitions. Yeah. Six, well, six, six, one. That took six quite a long time to die, really. Yes, it did. I think I was. Yeah, Peter, that's wargaming before your time. Um, yeah. That was when Where there was WRG, sixth. Oh, WRG. I've heard those letters before. Yeah. 
Yeah. I thought it was some sort of disease, but there we go. Well, I think seventh edition was a bit of a disease. Sixth was a it was a good solid set for its day, but seventh was where it just got a bit tricky, didn't it? Really, um, that's all a bit weird. This means war. Oh, um, yeah, you <laughs> the cataphract list. So with Tibetans, um, you can do a list with three, I think it's two competent generals and embedded ordinary, um, 16 cataphracts, four of which are elite, and a fortified camp. What's the not to love with that? What's not to love? There is one thing not to love. If you're doing a Tibetan army and you can't have magical exorcists in it, yeah. Then it's not worth doing. Well, I suppose if you if you embed a couple more of the generals, you could fit in the exorcist as well, or or swap them for the camp. But just going to say sixteen that the can have a sacred camp, can't they, with um, the druids and stuff? Yetis. With the yetis, yeah, probably not the druids. You're going to have a, a yeti mountain. camp. Tibetans yeah. with a yeti camp. You got to try it. Yeah, that um, army you're saying with the sixteen cataphracts, um, Dave Roddick, who was is well known in the, in the Fog AM uh, circuit. He, uh, quite a few competitions, was running a all medium night army. So he basically he did a, an uber full badger of the entire table of medium knights, and then I think there's like a light horse and a light foot. So it was very, a very simple army, quite effective because he either won very big, or he was at the pub in half an hour. Well, you know the table is thirty. The table's thirty bases wide. There's four in each flank, so that makes it what, you know, 22. And if you're covering 16 of it with cataphracts, you get a bit of impassable, you get waterway down, you're, you're going, right, there it is. Just hoover them up. What Just could go, possibly go, go wrong? Go at it. Other than elephants or pikemen or, or any of those other things. Well, it's like, you know, you don't worry about pikemen anymore. I, I still worry about pikemen. I can lose them against anything. Yeah. yeah, but you'd, yeah. You'd, you'd still be too, um, cataphracts would still be too down against pikemen in the first round, wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So that really wouldn't work. So they, they might still struggle. Unless the yeah. pipe charge them, and then they well, maybe it. I'll maybe I'll give it a try. But now I've given my secret away. Possibly that will be. <laughs> but that's that's like two games in an evening, isn't it? That either works or it doesn't, and then I'll turn up with a proper <laughs> army afterwards. But at least it won't take much space in the tin, which yeah. could be a bit of a win. Be a fast game. Be a very fast game. Are you, are you taking um, Thracians to York, Tim? I am. Yeah, I've I've given it. a a go quite a few times now i've played three games with it um no two games with it one one lost one and keep tweaking the list each time mm. so um i think it's it's an interesting list yes which version of, of the Thracian army are you are you, are you using well i don't, I don't want to say andy because you know there'll be all sorts of people listening trying to gain oh, advantage I see. what in, do you mean um, people listen to this allegedly so we've got nearly 300 listens from the last one which oh, is yeah, like, don't know, be using, yeah. well i'm, I'm using in the list that i beat yeah, well, no, a different list. It, it's going to get amended from that one. It's going to get amended and changed. Right. And he's learned how to move the terrain around properly. Now. Yes, I've learned how to put the terrain and keep keep the terrain on table. That should make quite a big difference. Always makes but, a difference. Yeah, it's so, just trying to understand with this new rule set about what's going to be the you know the punch through group, you know the 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 bit that's going to sort of like exploit as opposed to just doing the whole move around and do the flanks and try and do a breakthrough. It's like, what's going to be the unit that's going to be punched through? 
moving around flanks is going to be more difficult now now that light cavalry have got Zoc. Unless you run over the light cavalry um, and then they become casualties and then you're even a bit closer to beating the enemy. So I think Yeah, but while you're chasing them off, you can't be hitting other people in the flank if, no, they, if they put themselves in the right position. Yeah, a lot of different things going on. That's what yetis are for. Yeah. This means war. So look, with that um, discursive wander around future, past, present, potential army list competitions, all the rest of it, that's that brings us full circle to to the world of Gallic disco, where people do rotate around the garlic um, flavored handbag, and let's call in the music for Andy's quiz. Ah, oh, Michel Le Finkel. Um, oh, now we're on this two-week hiatus. It's very, very difficult to remember what the questions were last time. Um, but, but hopefully, you've got it written down somewhere. What, what, what were you quizzing us with last time round? Well, it was it was what sort of famous politicians said um, for different quotes and who said them. So the first one was, "War is much too serious a thing to be left to military men." Clausewitz. No, it was Clemenceau, the French Prime oh. Minister. Who said Belgium is a country invented by the British to annoy the French? The Monsai. Clausewitz. Clausewitz. <laughs> I can see how this is heading. No, yeah. it was actually De Gaulle. De Gaulle. Um, so these are all French because I on um No no no, well, well, can, 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 no, no there can, might be another one. Okay, let's hit it. Yeah. This is one I'll give you a tip. This isn't the French yeah. guy, right? Okay. You can always count on the Americans to do the right thing after they've exhausted all the other possibilities. That sounds like Churchill. It's got yeah, to be it Churchill. It's got to be yeah. Churchill. <laughs> now, I, I, my faith in um, in wargaming humanity was restored this week. There was some um, one of these history Twitter accounts that posts, you know, historic pictures. Um, posted a picture of General Leclerc in, you know, in the Free French in 1945, in the top of a Sherman or something, liberating Paris. And like, so this is a picture of Leclerc on the sixth of May. Yada yada yada. And the the first comment was like. Yeah, great general, big leader of France. The second one was a repost of a video from Hello Hello with It is I, Leclerc. <laughs> I was just thinking, you got there too bloody quickly. I would have done that one. That was my first thought as well. But um, so, yeah, serious history just went out of the way. So, but, but yeah, there's, there's nothing more serious than, than Andy's quiz music coming back to the halftime. So Andy, what, what are you gifting was with this fortnight then? Well, um, after the debacle of last weekend, when, when the score was UK nil, uh, Italy 529 or something, I thought this week's quiz would be uh, Italian metal, um, but with a chance of Britain getting more than nil points. So here nil we point. go. Nothing right. to sniff that. No. The first, so the, the first warship ever sunk by a guided missile was a World War II Italian battleship attacked by the Luftwaffe. What was its name? That's, there's three things that don't make sense in that question, but that's good. Okay, okay. right, good, right. 
Number two, when the Italian army entered World War II in June 1940, its most numerous armoured vehicle was the L3 tank. What was the main armament of this tank? Attitude, possibly. Style. Thick slabs of a blade of mozzarella. Yeah, mozzarella. Right. Well, you may be right. Away. We'll find out next time. And number three, the Roman Navy developed a device called a corvus, a rotating boarding bridge with an iron spike to affix to an enemy ship's deck, which they fitted to their warships in the First Punic War. Notwithstanding its effectiveness, what caused the Romans to scrap the use of the corvus? Okay. Who knows? All right. Okay. Well, look, that's that's three... It's three Italian metal theme questions. So, you know, then the only thing we know that is better than Italian metal is Gallic techno. So look, with the quiz music fading into the background, then we, um, on this, this remarkably quick episode, we... Because I guess we're all out doing stuff, really, aren't we? It's kind of weird. Um, and it will take us a while to, to get back to normality of, of doing stuff and painting and all the rest of it. But but with that, what? let's have a quick wrap-up of um, what you're expecting to be doing gaming and um, painting-wise and possibly shopping-wise in, in the next couple of weeks. So, Adam, you in the um, the sort of Stygian darkness of, of the weird backdrop of stuff like that, it's, it's a bit like um, talking to... Um, to Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now, really. It looks like that's, it looks that's like the, vibe I'm, getting, like Zorro, that's the vibe I'm getting from you. But oh, that's worse. That's really worse. Can see your face. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I was more Damien vibes than anything else. <laughs> other than sort of staging your own insurrection in northern Cambodia, what are you planning to do in the next two weeks? Well, I'm hoping to get at least one game a weekend. Um, and maybe more. Um, time allowing. And slowly carry on my um, of my uh, French because I need them for uh, warfare. So I'm kind of hoping they'll be ready before November. Okay, that's it. Maybe well, I should um, maybe I should drive down to Bournemouth next week and play you a game or something. Have you got any free days? That's a possibility, actually. Yeah. Um, I'll get my people to uh, contact. Speak to your people, yeah. Social diary pass people. And yeah. All good. Okay. Wow, that could be weird. All right. Okay, um, Mr. Saunders, in in between your bouts of of working, um, yeah. is there going to be any painting done? Is there anything on the table, or are you are you diving into lists, or are you just playing until you work out what you want? I've still got the festering Franks. I've decided for all them. Um, oh. no, I'm playing Richard on Thursday night. That'll be mm-hmm. tough, interesting game. That's a York practice, and that'll be the final practice before getting the list in for York. Mm-hmm. and then um i think mike bennett's invited me to his house in rotherhithe going to the uh posh bennett towers wow yeah i think he's realized he needs to play somebody better than him <laughs> yeah and but in the meantime um he's invited <laughs> you to give you a game yes indeed <laughs> i'll come home with my uh, tail between my uh, yes so to speak mr finkel what about you what's what's on your um your agenda for the next two weeks um playing dave on tomorrow night, uh, the, the computer games against Dave in the States. Then I'm playing the other Dave of, of this uh, parish, who's now back into the light, uh, on not next week, but the week after, 
uh, the practice for uh, York. So I'll give my Thracians, uh, we'll, we'll give his Romans some exercise and we'll see how that works. Oh, I thought he was using Parthians or something. No, me. Oh, the you. other Dave, that Dave, 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 yes. Dave, not, not Dave. different Dave. Different Dave. We're too many Dave. We're Dave. The day Dave. after my second jab, so I might be a bit weirded out. Yeah, no, my, mine's on how, Thursday. How can we week. tell? Yes, how uh, can we yeah. tell? What, right. uh, Tamsi? What about you? What is there? Um, are you going to yeah, finish off the terrain? Get onto figures. Uh, I think it's going to be terrain, terrain, terrain for the next few weeks. Right. Okay. Thanks. So that's bad news for your condiments cupboard. Uh, not for my condiments cupboard because I bought a bulk pack. Oh, specific. <laughs> you bought mixed herbs specifically to use for the terrain. Okay. They didn't. They didn't even pass your condiments cupboard. You buy a kilo. Bolognese will never be the same again. Seven quid. Wow. Or you can buy a jar of about the same thirty stuff. grams for almost a quid. It's... Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm convinced, and much better for bolognese, as you say. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, but Peter, what, what about, what about you? Are you going to be grating any terrain into your bolognese? Well, you know, a bit of parmesan here and there for a cheesy yeah. list. It's all good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, I've got the other. Are day... they related to the partisans? Yeah. No, that's the partisans. Uh, that's the other Dave that uh, should be playing a couple of games against on Monday to practice for him for going to York. So, um, looking forward to that. It's always a good laugh. So I might take along two different armies to have a go because it's the day off. So, um, just to try different things out and try a couple of ideas. Okay. Are you? No, you're not in from York, are you? So you can use two different. No, lists, yeah. I've got so much other normal stuff going on stuff okay. going on unfortunately it sort of like curtailed me for the next couple of months okay all right simon what, what about you then what's you've got a few days away um and then and then um you've got any other gaming and painting planned in i've got nothing uh, nothing lined up for next week um i've got quite a lot of reading of the version four rules to get try to dv3 my brain and get the changes into my head um it's funny, uh, with all the, the COVID over the last 14, 15 months, trying to remember or learn new rules takes a little bit longer. So yeah. I'm hoping the holiday will clear out the brain a bit. Um, but then, yeah, trying to get, get a few games in. Um, I'm, not going to, I'm not doing York or any of the competitions until um, I think Bournemouth is going to be my first mm -hmm. one, uh, where I probably will get absolutely thrashed. But... Um, looking forward to just trying to get a few friendly games or just actually pushing toys around on the table and just trying to get into some of those situations where now you've got to work out what happens rather than the usual line-up charge and all that, which Dave and I did last week and it's quite good. Let's get into those bad situations and work out how do we get out of it. Yeah, well, you know, fingers crossed, weather's, weather's become much more viable for um, outdoor, outdoor spraying and varnishing as well, so that's good. So I think, yeah, it, it will be trying to shift from from painting and undercoating to actually trying to get a load of games in now that we can actually meet outside inside and in public spaces so that's all all fantastic good dice rolling news so so maybe there will be more um dice rolling stories and, and slightly less paintbrush wielding stories as we roll forwards and um and return in a couple of weeks so we'll see you all again soon goodbye everyone bye bye, bye. bye.